you've been learning about value investing, finance, just regular investment for a while now, but you don't know where to go next. You're getting confused about the vast amount of information on the internet. You don't want to waste your time on crap information. You want good information um, and reliable information. In this series of videos on value investing and finance education, you will find those answers to those questions and much more. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing and Finance Education. Hey, Jason here. Today I'm going to do something a bit different, frankly, than I've ever done before. I usually go off facts, analysis, data, and I'm still going to do that today, but I'm going to tell it more in a story or tell what I'm going to talk about in more of a story because I think it illustrates the enormous power of cap proper capital allocation over time. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Two companies, I'm going to illustrate two companies founded about the same time, similar industries that were profitable, not profitable, decently profitable about there, uh, but they both transitioned to another arm of business to increase their returns even further, to get away from the old business that was in one case dying and another case more or less stagnant um, or growing very slightly to investment arms where they could earn higher returns on invested capital. So that's the background for what I'm going to be talking about today. Capital allocation and its importance and power over a long time period. So, there were two companies started about the same year, 1962. One is outside the United States. The other is out inside the United States. One is in an industry that's being taken over and it's losing pretty much over time it will be shown to lose the entirety of its economic viability. At that time it was just slowing down but the owner when he took it over figured out that it didn't matter how much money you put into equipment, didn't matter how much you improve efficiency, didn't matter how much you improve training, nothing would change the tide of the industry's economics going forward. The other company was more profitable at that time and its prospects, while diminished, were not as diminished as the other company. The entire industry wasn't essentially going to change within 10, 20, 30 years, but the returns were still going down over time. The first company The owner realized this, that his business and the economics of the industry were declining and were going to continue to decline because of um, factors, industry factors and things that were coming in the future, like globalization, um, moving uh, plants overseas, um, those kind of things. So the owner decided to keep that business alive, but take the excess capital out of it that the business could not 
invest well enough to earn high enough returns, he took that capital out of the original business and put it towards other businesses, investing in other businesses. The other company, its owner did the same thing. Same, and actually investing in very similar industries, except they chose real estate. The other company chose, uh, uh, picked more financial services, specifically. So there's two companies, started about, about the same time period. Both are new to the market or have new owners. Both have businesses that are at best growing slightly or remaining stagnant and at worst going to die within the next 20, 30 years in the United States. And both decide to take their excess capital out of their businesses, businesses that they deemed not to be of greatest use in the original businesses. They thought they could earn higher returns outside of the their original businesses to invest their capital and earn more money and multiply that money. So they're pretty similar, actually very similar on a historical perspective. But the first company slowly decides to invest that excess capital that it, it's taken out of its original business. It keeps that business, the original business open, but it stops investing new capital in that business. It takes all excess capital out and starts investing in things like insurance companies, um, obscure situa uh, situational companies that have excess capital, um, um, that covers most of it without giving away too much. The other company takes most of their excess capital out and invests their capital in investment real estate and uh, real estate development. Two higher or both areas offered higher returns to the business or to both businesses. However, the companies begin to diverge massively in the 1980s and 1990s. As of this recording, or let me back up before I get to that, I'll continue going down this story. So the first company continues to do this over and over and over and over again. Takes the company or takes the capital out of the original company, invests excess capital in these new businesses, and then takes the excess capital from these businesses and reinvests it again in new businesses and continues to compound and compound capital over time massively compound capital. They're not only taking the money out of the original business and investing in other businesses, but they're now earning higher returns on their capital, which gives them more excess capital to invest in because typically the assets they invest in are asset and maintenance capital expenditure light. They don't have to continually replace equipment, um, continually buy buildings, all that kind of stuff. So they continually take the capital out of these businesses, reinvest it in other assets to earn even more and more money, earn higher returns on capital. And they continue this for, at this stage, a company's still alive 50 plus years. The second company does the same thing, but again, in real estate instead of insurance companies and asset light business models um, and specialized business that don't require 
significant capital and they can take that capital out. The second company takes the money from their original business, invests it in, and instead of those kind of companies, invests it in investment real estate, apartment buildings, um, I think some commercial buildings, um, and real estate development. By my estimates, this the second company invests its capital in its or earns ROIC return on investing capital of about 10 percentage points in its original business still to this day which is very good for a dying slash stagnant business the original company their business is completely gone it's non-existent it the owner of the company foresaw correctly and he took the capital out of the business correctly. Because if he did not, the company would be bankrupt, it would not be around today. The second company, by my estimates, earns, again, about 10% ROIC still to in its original business as of this day today, by my estimates. In its investment arm, again, real estate, um, investment real estate ownership, which gives you cash flow and assets and real estate development, which gives you, depending on what you do with it, either appreciation, cash flow, or some combination of the two. It earns about a 20% return on its capital, by my estimations. Fantastic, right? However, this is where these two companies diverge massively. The first company, ROIC, has averaged or has been between about 15 and 25% a year on its new businesses over time for the last 40, 50 years. Again, fantastic. What they're doing is they are taking that money and continually reinvesting it in new and newer assets and better assets and bigger assets that are still asset light, don't require a ton of capital expenditures constantly, um, have significant excess cash flow that it can reinvest and it keeps building this gigantic snowball of more excess cash flow, um, higher returns on capital, higher returns, of which equals higher returns of shareholders and larger shareholder value and larger value of the company. The second company, Oh, and it, the first company did this and it's it took all the money out of its original business, let that business eventually die after keeping it alive for a little while and it's completely out of that business now because it was earning far higher returns on capital in its newer businesses. The second company is doing the opposite and this is where these companies massively diverge. The second company takes its 20% return ROIC uh, uh, per year on average from its investment arm and reinvest that capital into its older business, into its original business, which is still doing reasonably well and still doing, again, about 10% returns on ROIC, uh, return on invested capital per year, which is pretty good. But the second company, instead of reinvesting all their capital out of between a 15 and 25% rate, it's taking its capital that earns about a 20% return on and switching it to the original business that only re returns 10% of its capital 
Another way of saying that is essentially when the company takes its capital from the high return business that is generally lower risk, um, lower assets, lower expenditures, because it gets rid of these um, operations that it develops and either gets them into cash flow producing assets or sells them to buy more assets. It takes the capital from that business and take and puts it into a more cyclical, more capital, a higher capital expenditure business, lower return business. Another way to put it is this company takes its capital that it can earn 20% returns on and invest it, chooses to purposely invest it at 10%. That's like saying here is $2,000, but instead I'm gonna only take $1,000 and because when I take my $2,000, I'm just gonna immediately, it's gonna fly away, it's gonna blow up, it's gonna burn up, whatever you wanna call it. That's essentially what this second company is doing. Every time it takes capital out of the 20% return business and puts it in its 10% return business, it immediately it immediately throws away half of its investment capital like that. It's just gone. It's essentially wasted. Over, and again, I don't know exactly where these, um, how long these stats go back, but over the lifetime of its IPO, again, that goes back to 1962, but I don't know when the data goes back to in terms of this number. It's earned about over that time period, about a 936% total return on the stock market, <coughs> which is about, what's that, 1962, so 12, so 50, 57 years. So nine, that's about, it's a decent return. About, 15, 20% return, if my math is right off the top of my head. I can't do my math because I'm talking to you on the phone. So, not bad. But here is where, again, these companies diverge. So, the second company is doing the exact opposite of what you should do in proper capital allocation. You should always look, in proper capital allocation, you should always look to invest your capital at the highest, best, safe, safest returns. That doesn't include emotions and people investing in the original business or legacy business just because somebody wants to, or that's because what's always been done. Just because it's always been done doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing to do. And sorry, I keep having to move my car in the car line. I'm not picking up my daughter right now. And people keep moving um, for some reason. So they're doing the exact opposite of what you should be doing in a normal great capital allocator situation in my opinion they're doing it because it's a legacy business and that's pretty much it i can also guarantee you that they either don't know anything about this or they don't care because they want to keep the legacy business alive i think the actual legacy business has been alive since the 1900s early 1900s um, so I think that's a big part of it too. Emotion, ego, that kind of stuff. And, or they just don't know anything about proper capital allocation. But they still, even though they're, they're 
investing capital decently, they're still not doing what they could be doing. And this is where company one comes in, comes back. Company one is doing the opposite. It, just because it had a legacy business, doesn't mean it's, it wasn't beholden to that legacy business. It didn't just keep it alive just to keep it alive. Um, like company two did, it invested, it chose to invest its capital at its the highest, best, safest return that it could find at those point in time when they made acquisitions. Or they made internal capital allocation decisions to increase the um, scope of their companies that they were buying. Either way. So, company one got rid of its legacy business eventually. In the meantime, while it was kind of scaling down that business, it took all excess capital out of the business and invested it at, in the highest, best use usage it could find. In the early stages, that was, again, acquisitions of insurance companies um, and specialty companies that didn't require a lot of excess cash. Didn't require a lot of capital expenditures, that kind of stuff. And it kept doing this over and over and over again. It didn't fall in love with any of its businesses. It took the capital out of any business that didn't need it or couldn't use it effectively, took it up to the parent company, and they decided to buy another asset that would give them what they thought was a high return. Higher return, a uh, high return or a higher return than they thought they could get originally. And they were right. They allocated capital properly for most of the last 50 plus years. And instead of a 936% return, again, company two is doing the opposite of proper capital allocation, but their stock still went up. The company one, with the exponential growth of proper capital allocation and other things like investment float and stuff like that, which I'm not gonna get into today, they exploded their company. So company one, or company two, went up about 936% since, again, I don't know when the data go back, goes back to, but I'm gonna assume it's 1962. Company one invested its capital properly, and in that about that same time period, its stock value is up 103,000 plus percent. This is the power of proper capital allocation over the long term. One company does, even though they're earning decent returns, does what they're not supposed to be doing, or not not, not supposed to be doing, but not doing with a good enough job of proper capital allocation as they could be doing. They still earn decent returns. They still are up 936% over, again, let's say 1962, since 1962. Company one does, prop uses, uh, oh, and company two, also gets involved emotionally. They fall in love with their, they are fell in love and are still in love with their legacy business, even though they're earning, earning higher returns in their newer businesses. Company one, however, didn't fall in love with any businesses, allocated capital better, and earned over that same time period, 103,000% plus increase in the value of the company. That is a staggering difference. 103,000 plus versus 936%. 936, so let's try to figure it out. So that's more than 100x. If my, again, my math off the top of my head is different. 
100x difference over time, over the same time period, same initial or very similar starting points, One, but they diverge with prop, one doing proper capital allocation, one not doing a great job of it, in my opinion, even though they're still earning decent returns. They're not doing a great job of capital allocation. 100x plus difference in returns in proper capital allocation versus improper capital allocation or not doing any capital allocation, not knowing what you're doing. I don't know the owners of the company personally for the company two, um, or company one for that matter, but I don't know the company owners for company two, but from reading their financial statements, they're doing things just because they've always been doing them or they don't know anything, or they don't know that they're earning 20% returns in their investment business. And this is a big company. It's a $2 billion company in Australia. It's not a tiny company, and they still are not allocating capital properly. Company one allocated capital properly, didn't fall in love, and had 100x this company, 100x plus this company's returns when you compare them to each other. And again, they have very similar starting points, um, very similar uh, dying slash stagnating businesses uh, that were legacy businesses. One chose the route of proper capital allocation, which is what I've studied for the last 12 plus years and am advising companies on now and building models out for and all that kind of stuff. The other company took the different route. They chose to stay emotional, stay involved with their legacy business, even though it's hurting returns and shareholder returns. So why is this important for you? Obviously, if you can find great capital allocators, just this one situation shows a difference of 100x in, in terms of 100x plus in terms of returns over time. If you can find somebody who's a great capital allocator, you need to find them and stick with them and trust them until they start doing stupid stuff because you can earn a ton of money. Number two, if you're not even allocating capital, if you're allocating capital decently, again, even if you don't know what the term is, but you're not doing it as properly or as efficiently as you could be, you're artificially lowering the value of your company, you're artificially lowering your upside, and you're essentially destroying value in the company. 20% returns in one business line, and they take it from that business line and put it in the 10% business line. Again, even though that's decent, they're still destroying half of their capital like that when they do that. And again, this is a $2 billion company that's doing this. They should, again, should is a different word because he, Warren Buffett has said over his career, he's only seen a handful of great, what he considers great capital allocators over the 50 plus years of his career. Um, so there's very few out there, but this company, in my opinion, should be doing a better job. They shouldn't be just sticking to their initial business out of emotion or out of trust or out of um, legacy or anything like that. They should do, be doing what's in the best interest of their shareholders. And they're not. And it's cost them. Cost insiders, cost their shareholders. Again, similar starting points. One has 100x plus returns over the other company. These two companies are both alive still, both doing the things that I just mentioned still, 
One is on Australia, it's called Brickworks, LTD. I did a case study of with my students. That's how I uh, studied this. And when I first saw this, I was just shocked. And we talked about it for 20 to 30 minutes during the session. I stopped what we were doing and, or what I was gonna do. And we talked significantly about the importance of capital allocation. I didn't compare it to Berkshire or anything like that at this point, which is company one. Company one is Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett. But I hope this illustrates the power of properly allocating your capital. 100x plus, so that's what? 10,000% difference? Let me see, so two, 20x, 20x is 2,000%. Yes, so that should be a 10,000% difference in their share prices. One is worth $2 billion, the other is worth $530 billion. That is what you can do with proper capital allocation over the long term when you combine it with things like investment float, um, repeatability, and a bunch of other things I've been studying and talking with my clients about. 100x plus. I can't emphasize this enough. I hope this story helped illustrate this point or helped illustrate this to you and the import massive importance capital allocation plays. Um, and this isn't just in finance either. I just, what, a couple days ago, released a video on what capital is and how it's time, it's skills, it's knowledge, it's um, the other things I outlined in the business and how you can, over time, even if you take just small steps in the beginning, you can massively impact your life in a positive way if you make the proper capital allocation decisions in your everyday life relationships is another one um this is so important i've made several presentations about it for my clients i've made several videos about it now for you guys um i'm going to write a book on capital allocation i've already got the outline for it um i'm advising clients on this worldwide um, and working to advise more and because frankly most people don't know anything about this I can guarantee I told my student because he's from Australia and he's the one who brought this company up to me I didn't know anything about this company until we started going through the financials and I just saw this I guarantee this company again either doesn't know anything about capital allocation and if they do they aren't they're being run by emotion, not by data and by the numbers, and they're destroying shareholder holder value. Um, meanwhile, when you properly app allocate your capital in this one version, the two companies that start out very similarly, 100x difference, or again, 10,000% difference if my numbers are correct in my head. This is the power of proper capital allocation over time. Um, if you have any questions about anything, let me know. I hope I explained this, or I tried to explain this as well as I possibly could, but there are enormous nuances and differences in capital allocation, and one situation may be different. Um, I, I picked these two companies specifically because they started off similarly, and then they both made similar decisions to transition out of the legacy businesses, businesses and then one 
massively diverge from the other because of their proper allocation, capital allocation skills and knowledge um, when compared to the other. If you have any questions about anything, let me know. Um, if you want to talk more about capital allocation and how I can help, hit up my website, alphacapitalallocation.com, alphacapitalallocation.com. Um, we're looking to help clients. We're helping clients right now. Um, we're, or we've been in talks with clients from the UAE, the United States, India, South Korea at this point, and we're looking to help more companies about this because frankly, almost no one talks about this. Almost no one knows how to do this kind of stuff. Almost no one knows how to think about this stuff. And if they do, they don't have the proper mindset to do this well because it does take a very specialized mindset and skill set to do this and think about this, frankly, um, and like to think about this kind of stuff. And so if you need help in your business, let me know. Um, but this, I'm going to continue talking about capital allocation because it's so, so, so important. Um, and it makes a difference not only in everyday life, but it can 100x returns when compared to another company when comparing them, um, even with similar, very similar starts. So I hope this helps. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let me know in the comments below. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, like, love, share, and hit the subscribe button so you're notified anytime we're releasing a video. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, like, love, share, subscribe, all that kind of stuff too as well. Uh, thanks for watching. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.